Hey there, it's Phil Harwood. Just want to take a quick minute before we begin today's podcast episode and talk to you about our live and in-person events. We had three events scheduled for 2021. We've already had two of them. Our Inner Circle, sponsored by VentTrack event, was very well attended and was a great event. And uh, just recently, we had our Forum for Sales event, sponsored by SnowX, sold out. Uh, We had a great event there as well. We have one more event coming up. It's called Grounds in Institutional Management. It's really focused on site um, issues, operations, engineering, equipment, everything having to do with with running a snow event and planning for events. This is going to be September 8th and 9th at Milton Cat in Milford, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. So we hope to see you there. Registration is open right now at snowfightersinstitute.com. Welcome to the Snowfighters Institute podcast where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds And check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Please join me in welcoming our special guest today, Chris Marino from Extreme Snow Pros. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm real excited to chat with you today, get caught up. It's been a while since we've talked and... uh... I really want to kind of take you back to the very beginning. I always like to start these conversations by um, kind of going back to the uh, very beginning of things. So I'd just love to hear just how you started in the snow industry, um, you know, and how did that happen? Great. Well, first off, thanks, Phil, for uh, giving me an opportunity today to uh, come on. And uh, I always think I, you know, like when I do tell the story, that people are actually enjoy the story. So hopefully everyone today can uh, actually get as enjoyment out and, and realize who I am and our company is, you know, besides just the, the name. Yeah. So uh, we actually started in 91. Um, I've gone to college for one year and I realized really it wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, at that point, Right after college, I had the opportunity to uh, meet my wife of today. Uh, so that meeting her actually brought me into that style, our style industry, because where I grew up and with my family, we weren't exposed to uh, the green industry. Her father was in uh, the tree business, so and her brother had a small landscape business on the side. Okay. So that... Um, that exposed me to something that I always had a passion for, which was equipment. So we started business in 91. I always say, uh, you know, our first phone number was her team phone line, you know, (laughs) you know, it was, you know, you you, actually, if you were lucky, you had your own phone line in your, uh, as a teenager. So that was our first phone number that uh, started our company and we, we started a landscape and snow business. And really just, uh, you know, that it was, it was just by default. I needed to do something. It was just supposed to be temporary and really just realized that I really do love, love what we're doing, love being outside, love being around equipment and just working hard and actually seeing at the time, you know, both landscape and snow that, we, uh, you know, you see results. It was always like after you mowed grass, all right, yeah, you got to, you know, see the stripes you made. Um, so it was like you're kind of an artist. And same thing with snow. It was always like you stand back after you did snow and like, hey, I just, I did all that. 
even at the time, you know, it was, we were just doing residential driveways in the beginning. What was, was the name still, of that first company? It was C and M Landscape Contractors. Okay. Um, so the funny thing about that is, so traditionally we think, okay, the C and the M was Chris Marino, but it actually was Chris and Mike. Uh, and it was my, my, my brother-in-law was Mike, but that lasted, you know, we were 19. So he was like 15. Got it on. lasted two weeks. And I remember we were sitting at the dinner table with my in-laws of today that they're like, my father-in-law's, you're not, you know, to Mike, you're not start running a business. You're a freshman in high school. So uh, he turns to me and says, well, just, you know, keep the name and keep the money that we put into it. And so I just kept the C&M, but so that's really, you know, people are like, oh, okay. Cause it's C, you know, traditionally you just think going with the name. So right. yeah, so we, we, we had C&M landscape contractors until uh, around 2005 and we, uh, we decided to sell that. And then we had another business, Mulch Express USA, that we also sold in 2007 and sat back and analyzed, okay, we, we did mulch, we did landscape, and we did snow. What do we like and what are we going to do? So my wife and I uh, decided that we loved the, the, we always loved the snow end of the business. Um, what we felt was, and I felt, I, I, my mind's always racing. So having, running landscape and snow, running the mulch business, I'm only giving a little piece of mm -hmm. myself into the snow end of the uh, business and the landscape, et cetera. So that's when we decided, all right, let's go snow only and give our focus only on snow and, and dive deep into that. So that's really the short version of where we came today. Yeah. Um, did I hear you but, right? When Did you say uh, the original business was only meant to be temporary? Yeah. I mean, when we started, it was, you know, I, I didn't want to go work for somebody. So I was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll start a landscape business. And it was just, all right, it'll fill time at this point until I, I, I get grounded and okay. decide what we're doing. I was going to, you know, local community college at the time. Um, you saw so it as a temporary to... step in towards yeah. something else. Okay. Yes. And yes. then what led up to the sale? Why did you sell the business? Um, I got really burnt out. Uh, my, it's just my personality. We were, we were, we probably grew way too quick without the systems in place to support the growth. Mm. So in turn, that just made me really dislike the business, the industry and everything. Um, so that, that's really why I would say in hindsight was I just got burnt out and I, I think by selling it and, and being able to reflect on the good, bad and indifferent of what are we going to do now? Let's start something. Cause we always, you know, we sold it and we were going to start something always like the idea was what are we moving on? We're going to start a new business. And then that just pushed us into letting us reflect upon all those years in yeah. the business and, and realizing that if we could just focus on one thing, we'll make that one thing really decent. So how do, um, so put your consultant hat on now, your, your, your elder statement statesman hat, cause you're, you're, you're venturing into that category, Chris, if you, whether you know oh, it or oh, not. Um, <laughs> and interestingly enough, uh, just, just a couple of days ago, I was on a peer group call and, and somebody said, um, well, if I had that situation, I would just call Chris Marino. And I was yeah. like, wow. I was like, like, I was to reach out to, oh, you know, that it's guy. really nice. Like, it was just, which is cool. And, um, yeah, and he's yeah, actually someone great. in your market. And I thought, wow, he's probably a competitor a little bit, but that was, <laughs> that was so cool. So what advice do you have somebody? How does someone avoid that? Um, uh, you know, it sounds simple, right? Don't, don't make sure you have all your your systems in place before you grow. Don't get too big. But what, like, how does someone actually avoid doing that? What advice do you have someone who's younger in business and maybe starting to feel some of that burnout and feeling like they're losing control? I think, you know, so starting in 91, 
you know, the industry was a whole different place. And, you know, throughout the 90s, early 2000s, it was, it's just different than what we're dealing with today. Um, today, you have such opportunity for networking, because back then, they were, you know, networking, it was there, but really not like today. Today, it's, you know, between social media, peer groups, things like social, uh, Snowfighters Institute, you have such opportunity to get out there and understand the pitfalls of what someone else has maybe made a mistake in. I was, I was trial by error on everything. I really, I, you know, in, in our market in New Jersey, unfortunately, it's not an open book. Everybody is in a fight with the next person and, and we're not like an open source code here that everyone mm-hmm. can just help each other. I, I see it definitely different in other areas, but in, in New Jersey, it's really a closed book market. And because of that, I, you know, I've always been a proponent of SIMA I've been, and been a member since the early 2000s. So yes, I learned through that, but I definitely didn't learn any boots on the ground local knowledge. Now today, it's, it's, there's peer groups, there's all these different things that I was able to really today, I would say, hey, somebody learning and joining and going into the industry, join all those things. Yeah. Because you're gonna yeah. learn things that took me 10 years or 15 years, an enormous amount of money that could have been either earned or lost through bad moves. Yeah, yeah, good advice. I appreciate that. So, um, sold the Mulch Express USA business 2007, and, and, then, and then what? Then what do you do? You weren't re- ready to retire in 2007, I presume. No, no, no. So, uh, in two, so then we, we, we decided, okay, we're going to do a snow only business in New Jersey, which at the time was, was very an early adopter of a snow only company. Um, we had u- unique advantages at the time to start the business, uh, coming off an existing business. You know, we already had our network of people and contacts. So it wasn't really like starting from ground zero. So we had a unique advantage there. But we sat down, sat back and said, all right, what are we going to do different? And the, the, the initial idea of Don and I was we're going to keep the business small. We, we know what we like, what we dislike, and let's keep it small, keep a small team, and we'll, we'll run it, run it out of you know, our, our office and our house, and just keep low overhead, low everything. And just relax a little bit and, and, and be able to run a nice company, make a nice living, but without all the intricacies and, and, and highs and lows of, of, of a larger business. Makes sense. Um, so that's what, so we, we, yeah, I mean, early on, because we didn't have, you know, being a snowing business, we had no distractions. So that gave me the ability to really go dive head first into, I was the web developer. I was, I was, we were doing all the things ourselves. So it just gave us that time and knowledge to really learn every aspect of marketing with the company and just put us on a different page early on, on some unique ways that we really developed the company. So we had the time to actually sit back and really think through, think through, of our mistakes in the past are, you know, our positive and negatives and, and make it that much better. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good point. Um, you know, one of the huge benefits of, of being focused like that, you know, obviously most people in the landscape snow industry, you know, they never have that luxury, right. Cause they just get right into landscape season. And it's just all encompassing and they forget about snow and it's hard to even think about snow until, sometimes right before the season's upon you. So just having that luxury is just, and you're right, like nobody was doing it back then, right? You were probably one of the first 10 companies even thinking about snow only at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. So how has the company kind of morphed over the years? So (laughs) it's morphed into 
a way larger company than I ever anticipated. Um, and in, in hindsight, it's, it's worked out for the best. Uh, um, it gave us really the opportunity again to be able to just focus on snow and realizing that, you know, we have no other distractions. You know, the famous line I get, if I got in it once, I got in a thousand times is, oh, you're a snow company. What do you do in the summer? You're on vacation right. in the summer or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I always say, it's like, no, I actually, that, you know, that's when we're doing all our prep work, you know. That's how we make the magic happen in the winter. Um, I, 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 a lot of the time I turn to them and say, we do, do snow in two states. So we, do, you know, this large geographic area. That does not happen. And you just don't start on November 1st thinking about that. You know, we, we that, so that, when you start explaining it that way and the level of sophistication, because unfortunately still, I think our industry as a whole has gotten looked at as a more sophisticated industry, but they still don't understand the actual level of sophistication that goes into what we do in order to, to do it in the time we do it in. So like we, we manage approximately between 20 and 25 million square feet of, uh, of asphalt. So I try to put numbers out to people and say, well, that just doesn't happen, you know, right. in a moment, in a moment's thought. And, and you got to have a backup plan to a backup plan to a backup plan. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing in the summer, you know, and, and that's what gave us the advantage of being a snow only company to really rip apart all our systems and, and, and have those backup plans and technology and team in place. Otherwise, if I was a landscaper, maybe I would, I would be start thinking about in September. So, uh, so you, when you start explaining it that way, it's given, it giving the person the advantage, not the advantage, but the understanding of, oh yeah, this is not a guy who's just throwing a, a plow in his truck and going out and plowing, you know, yeah, getting that parking lot or, or driveway. So with the growth, um, so you originally didn't plan on growing like you have. Um, so how did that happen? Was that driven by customers wanting more of you or, or you just saw opportunities to jump on or did you acquire businesses or how, how did that change from, Hey, we just want this little small thing that we can run with our eyes closed to, uh, you know, more <laughs> of a bigger animal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it kind of just, it, it happened. We never acquired any businesses. Um, I always been a big proponent of, I'm a man of my word. I do what I say. If I say it, you can take it to the bank that it's going to be done. So with that style of people being able to count on us as a company and with us being like an early adopter of technology, liquids, equipment, technology, that just put us in a different place than our competitors. And we were able to get out there and do people's work for them because we do do, you know, we do our own work and we do, you know, we're a service provider for sure. large properties or bigger companies. So they realized that, wow, this guy, we can give him a lot of work and we, we can get it done. And we're able to scale a team and scale our infrastructure really quickly based upon all the technology that we really were able to implement. Technology has always been, I guess, a passion and a hobby for, for my wife and I. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think it is, it, it stems off my personality that I, 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 I always say to people, I'm like, I'm actually very shy by nature and people are like you No, I was like, really I am. And, so I look in hindsight over all the years of why did I do this and why did I do that? I think a lot of it boils down to less interaction with people. Mm -hmm. So, and, and people can get turned off by it saying, Oh, like he doesn't want to talk to anybody or this or that. But today's world in 2020, after, you know, the whole thing that went on with uh, COVID and everyone to had to adapt to the style of working remotely, like I, I, I sat back and said, well, we've been doing this for 10 years. Right. You know, like everything we've been doing. Yeah. They're like adapting today, you know, and uh, you know, we, we, 
run a paperless office. We, we, you know, the, the chats, the this, the that, the interaction we've been doing for a long time. So taking all of that, it just happened that we were just able to create this culture that people, our teammates that come to our company first, they come and they keep coming back. So we had a reliable workforce that we were able to scale based upon that, scale based upon our systems, and scale based upon the equipment we were investing into. Yeah, I want to come back to technology and culture, but I'm interested in um, just how you know your company's grown. So I'm, I'm, you know, you have a staff now. You have uh, probably had to give up some responsibilities and hire people to manage things. And so what, what does your job consist of now? So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what are your main responsibilities? What kind of team do you have around you? Um, you know, is Dawn involved? Is she not involved? Like, how's your, how's the structure of your company look right now? So, I mean, that, that role has changed over, you know, in all different ways, but as of like 2020, the, my main responsibilities is operations and sales. So that's my main focus and technology. You know, I, I, I sit back and come up with all the ideas on how we can do more automation and implement all these new ideas so that I would say I'm like the technology officer or whatever, the mm -hmm. innovator. Um, so that's me on a daily basis. I'm operations slash sales and then, and, and just the idea man. Um, Dawn uh, is fully involved with the company. She runs our, our office. Um, it's, that's another neat thing of what's happened over time is I now have my son who's 15 that works part-time, my daughter full-time, Haley, who's uh, 20, 20 years old, and she's working on all our automation. Our, she's our writer for our marketing, for our copy, for our blogs. Nice. So, and, and Dawn has that full role of, of not only managing our family of four and balancing, now she's a, a teacher for my six-year-old as well as running her company every day. So that it, it, it's, if anyone has a it tough, it's, it's, it's Dawn in this. <laughs> in Is really she sick. a COVID um, teacher? It's or become, a... <laughs> what I'm, a teacher because of yeah, the pandemic it, it, or because a of forced, a... a forced teacher okay. yeah a that's, forced that's teacher to my uh our uh, six-year-old got it yeah, yeah yeah so it uh it it gives us everyone has their 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 position and focus in the company we're actually outside of the season we're we're a relatively small company you know it's it's well, our sure. family right and we have our yeah, our couple of our uh, office office team members that work remotely, and then we have our one mechanic Rob who works you know full time for us. But otherwise, it's we're a really small team. Um, it's hey, scale without up in the technology. Season. Yeah, we wouldn't be able. To. Yeah, it just gives us the ability to really, really scale quick. Yeah. What about during events? What do you, what's your role during a snow event? Like, are you in the beginning and then the end? Or are you there? Are you involved actively throughout the whole event or how does that look? So it's just my personality. I'm a very hands-on type of person. So I like to say I created like a war room in my basement of, in our office. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I don't know, six or seven monitors that I have live feed. I and GPS, our nice. communications channels and, and, and whatnot. So I always start the storm internally watching, monitoring everything. And then, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm part of really that aspect. And then once the storm starts winding down, I, you know, traditionally my son and I hit the road and we just go out and, and actually that's like the enjoyable, you know, that's why I'm getting my social media uh, pictures and video and whatnot. I'm just going out to be able to thank our team and uh you know shake hands with them and 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 see that i'm uh, i'm not just that behind the scenes figure that i'm actually boots on the ground yeah yeah oh that's awesome that's great um what about when it comes to technology so you, you talked a little bit about technology but um 
And I'll never forget the time when you just, uh, you were part of one of the peer groups that, one of the Simon peer groups that I was facilitating. And you were kind of walking through the peer group of all the technology platforms that you had in place. And, and it was a long list. It was probably 30 different technologies on that list. And people's minds were blown. They had no idea what 90% of those programs were. Um, and so it's just a testament to like, like having the time to figure this stuff out and, and be able to source those different solutions and connect them so they all work with each other. And it was just, it was kind of mind blowing to see that whole technology map. Um, but what are, if you don't mind sharing maybe one or two that you think are really cool that you're into right now that other people might benefit from hearing about? Okay. So part of the problem with a lot of technology is you can go off into a lot of different ways. And I said, like early on, I had way too much technology going on. So if anyone takes any advice from, or, or a bit of, uh, of information out of this podcast, it'd be just take it slow and, and do your investigation because I had the time. So I was always off into, Oh, the, the next best thing. And finally, and the feedback we got always from our team was it was too much. Mm. It was too confusing. While it was easy for me because I was working with it on a daily basis, it wasn't easy for the next person. So finally, we fell upon a program that took everything we were doing with, let's say, 20 different programs and, and brought it into one. Um, we use Zoho, um, and they have a platform that you, you're able to pay one one price and you get access to 45 different platforms that they offer. Um, so if I say a technology decision that we made that was great for us, it was going into that platform and because their platform, everything talks to the next platform and it gave us the ability to actually build our own apps. So then we, we have a part-time web uh, uh, coder that works for us. And actually we do our own app development. Mm -hmm. So that, that gave us that ability to really leverage everything that I've always wanted to, but in one platform and make it easy. Yeah, that's cool. I've been hearing a lot of people talking about Zoho. So that I, and actually I didn't know you were, um, you had collapsed some of those programs into Zoho and that's, that's cool. 45 different platforms within that and they're all already, already communicating with each other. That's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it makes it easy and they're, they're a great company, great support. And the price at the end of the day um, is relatively low. You pay one per month fee per team member that has access and that gives you the platform. So if you individually paid, it's an enormous amount, but they put this platform called Zoho One together that really gives you that, that ability to leverage everything if um another thing i just want to state it's it takes years upon years to to really roll all these things out you know yep. we're, we're you know this is our 11th year and we're still in development and still fine-tuning and, and tweaking everything yeah yep no good advice and really appreciate that uh, I want to shift gears here. I want to talk about labor. How do you how do you staff up? How do you find people? Um, you know what seems to be working for you, and maybe even um, kind of parlay that into culture because I know you have a you know a, a very unique culture um, that you know from my perspective is like really awesome and really attractive. If I was a person looking for some work, I would absolutely be interested in working for your company. So how do you, talk to us about the people side of the business? Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for the compliment. Um, I mean, the, 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 it was, it was, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, I was working out, watching the video and I think an army recruiting video came on and I was watching that. And at the end of it, I said, wow, you know, it, it makes you want to join the military. And so I, that just kind of spawned an idea in my head saying, wow, we need to create that same style, not only in marketing, but of atmosphere that you want to be part of something. Um, so we created the, 
the, the tagline Team X. So do you want to be part of Team X and, and try to create our marketing on that same level of style? Not only is it marketing, but we created an environment as well that was that same like, hey, you're coming, you're joining a team, and um, this is what we're providing you. We're going to provide you the, the latest and greatest equipment. We're going to provide you top-end work and provide you what we think is the, the, you know, the highest paying um, company in the area and, and be able to do all this and make them want to be part of something. That's what it was like, hey, you know, I don't want someone that just wants to plow snow. I want someone that's really going to come here and will not only join our culture, understand our culture, and long-term understand the values of what we're trying to get across, which is we're a very serious company. I mean, that, based upon the name, Extreme Snow Pros, with very strong personalities that actually in our upper management and, you know, in our supervisor they're, they're strong personalities and have high expectations. Ex-military guys, because they're just, you know, that's that's what we built of, like, this is the team, this is the expectations, but this is what you're coming into and try to to get them to understand that right from the beginning. Um, and and the whole idea of what we did absolutely has worked because uh, we have an amazing team, couldn't do it without them. Uh, we have a great return Turn, you know, returnees every year that come back. And it just, it just gives that ability again, to go back to what we spoke about uh, a while back was ability to scale. People say, you know, people talk to us and say, well, you know, how do you get people? I said, that's the easy part. And they look at me like, how could that be easy? It actually, you know, it, for us, we developed a style of marketing, onboarding, and the whole recruiting process is literally from A to Z is fully automated. This year, because of COVID, we actually just um, implemented a new system that somebody can apply, be offered a job with a pay rate, accept the job, fill out all their paperwork in under 10 minutes without ever talking to anybody. And <laughs> Introvert's dream. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's been working great people, you know, it's, I was, so I figured out an algorithm to, to offer them based upon answers, a pay rate. So I create this point system of how it grades them and then offers them right from their phone and they click accept and then they, they go from accept and it takes them right into our, our signing documents. We use a Zoho online signing system. So it puts them right into that. They sign our handbook, W4, the 10, you know, the I, you know, the whole nine yards, they fill everything out in 10 minutes, they're on board. And then um, that goes into another automation that puts them into their, what well, we have, we have Extreme University, which is our online training course that we created. So it puts them into online training and then the system goes out and schedules them for their snow boot camp, which we have in uh, the fall of each year all without talking to them. So I explained that idea to somebody and they're like, well, how do you really, how are you actually going to know if they're good or bad? So the, the or if they're going to show or, or whatnot. So that's why we have so many different steps. So step one be, okay, they're getting hired. They filled their paperwork out. Step two would be, they got to go to snow boot camp or no ex extreme university, sorry, mm -hmm. extreme university, which is an online training course. If they don't do that now, you know, okay, they're, they're falling out. We try to engage them. So we have steps in, in, in place. And then like the final step would be, okay, did they actually show for boot camp? So boot camp, then we get to really evaluate them. And, and then, uh, and then we know, okay, well, they're fit or they're not fit. So yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's, it's new to this year because it, it came, it, it came based upon COVID, but also personality like, all right, how do I leverage myself? Cause I'm also the hiring person, um, mm -hmm. that I don't have to do the phone interviews. I have to do the in-person interviews. So, uh, so yeah, that just came out of that. And our, our team was able to, we put, we built the whole system internally and, 
uh, yeah, and here we are today and inspiring people. And <laughs> yeah, really, really proud of that. Well, like you said, all this stuff takes time. And, and you've had bits and pieces of this, probably a lot of this in place for, for ever since I've known you. Um, and, and maybe what you did this year is just kind of pulled it all together, maybe in a, in a better way. Um, but all that technology and automation, use of social media uh, to engage people with just interesting, cool, you know, posts and being able to quickly get somebody through your system, get them on board. Like it's all logical. It's all, um, you know, um, it all makes sense, but it takes so much effort to automate all that. And that's, I mean, there you go. That's what you do. What, what do you do all summer? I build automation. Yep. I make my life yeah, easier. It, it, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it's true. It's just, it's, I, 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 I stand back and look and I'm just, again, I, I know I said, I'm proud of what we do. And I, I am, I'm proud of the ideas that we come up with as a team and our team actually, you know, we're not hiring outside people to implement this. It's our team that implements everything. I think that's the very unique advantage of what we're doing is we're actually scaling with our own team and building these ideas internally and actually building them and getting to work in the systems with our own team. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I want to talk about associations, uh, certifications, you know, you and I met at Saima symposium, you know, several years ago, I know you've been involved in other, um, organizations. You, you've been a regular tender at snow fighters Institute. Why, what was your motivation to get involved in these national associations and, you know, was it networking? Was it education? Was it a mix? And, and you're still involved. Like what, what's that all about? What's driving you to be involved in these groups? Well, it's, it's being part of the groups was always, you know, like I, we had started early on that really wasn't out there when I opened our business and joining in, uh, joining Saima in the early 2000s, I just started understanding is like, that is one of the best values out there. I mean, for the money, they should charge way more money than they do for the amount that you're getting on the return. Just going to these events, whether it's a Saima Symposium or one of their local events or a Snow Fighters Institute uh, in-person event, it's, it's the power of that network. You're, you're sitting there, you're talking to people and you're hearing ideas, you know, I'm proud to say that we, we give a lot of people other ideas and I'm, I'm happy to do that. And I learn a ton from, uh, from talking to other people, people today, you know, I have good friends from meeting them at the inner circle event from snow fighters. I've watched their companies grow. We had just had an, one, one event we were at, which is magical. We had just such a great group of people and, uh, they uh, be able to watch all our companies grow from that time to today and just stuff. We really just sat at that meeting and, and just, you know, one, one company, uh, Sours, you know, they, they were a tree company back then and they had questions for us and, and, and Hey, she, what do you think? Should we go as a snow only business and this, you know, be part of that conversation and they look back and say, Hey, I was part of that early conversation look at the amazing company they, they built. And, uh, you know, Jeff Snell, Sneller was another one that was part of that. And uh, it, it was just, we made great friends that we're able, you know, luckily we're all in different markets. So you're, yes. you're definitely more open to uh, talking freely. And I think that's part of the unique thing of the inner circle when we went was there was no local competitors. So you just felt free that you can discuss things. And you felt good at the end that, not only did you get knowledge, but you gave knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Um, are you actively involved in uh, SIMA right now? Do you have, I mean, as far as like, are you on a committee? Are you on one of the boards or what's your involvement in SIMA right now, Chris? I'm currently uh, on the board of directors. Okay. All right. And what does that look like if someone was interested in pursuing that? Um, it's, you know, first off, you, you, you have to have the time and the passion. Um, 
it's it's another feel good moment that you're you're part of an organization that is is striving to really take the industry to another level and you're you're part of that you're part of making decisions on on moving that forward and uh it's 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 first it was an it was an honor being asked to be part of it um second just being able to just be part and bring bring a little bit of you know there's a bunch of great people on the board we all bring something different and at the end just see that it's a great organization and it's something to be proud of that you're you know again early on in the 90s all right yeah you plowed snow you plowed snow that was you know but it's something to be you're you're proud of this industry i'm super proud to be part of the industry super proud of of something that we do and how hard it is to be how hard it is to accomplish what we do on a daily basis or on in a winter storm and it, it couldn't be done without that that knowledge that you do spawn off the, the associations out there so my tidbit is if you're not part of an association join it you'll get way more out of it than you will invest yeah totally agree sima has been wonderful for me just love everything about Sima and supportive of all things Sima. Um, and I've heard from other people that are board members that really feel like that board of directors becomes its own peer group and its own networking group, its own kind of inner circle in a way, because you guys meet and I don't know if you have meetings now, but you probably have Zoom meetings. But in a normal yeah, year, so. you guys are meeting face to face and it probably feels a yeah. little bit like a peer group, doesn't it? It does. It does. And uh yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, you're, you're, you're with a great bunch of people and you're, you're networking with them and you're bringing value to the actual, you know, the association, which is great. Um, you know, I, I, we do that. I've been part of your peer groups, which was, a, is another great thing that people should do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's choosing what the, you got to know your personality on how much time you can commit. And if you don't have the time, just make sure you choose what you're going to get the most value out of. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not only for you as the business owner, you have to get your team involved, let them understand the level, level of knowledge that's out there that you, that they can learn just through going to these events or attending things online, that there's such knowledge out there that they, you know, I always say what, when you're, you're our team, I want them, obviously it's easier for me to, it's our full-time business. We take it very serious, but I try to explain to them as well, whoever's coming on board. Yeah. You, you got to take it serious. It's not just, Hey, I'm plowing snow. And we try to push that knowledge out to them to really, you know, and, and we gained it through those meetings of snow fighters of the symposium through all the knowledge of all the different people we've met out there. Chris, what is it about snow? People seem to love or hate snow. You said, I just love snow. What is it about snow? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the challenge. It's the challenge of, like I said earlier on, it's like, how do you get this all done? It's that thrill of, wow, we just plowed 25 million square feet in four hours. And how do you get all that done? And I, I think it's that that thrill of first, it's machinery. Always love machinery. You know, from an early age, I remember being a child and chasing the DPW around when they were picking up leaves, and just was fascinated by it. You know, I, I it's it's so it just it it I was fascinated just by snow early on. I mean, I, I didn't mention it before, but you know, I had. A business called snow pros it wasn't a business it was in my mind you know like uh, at nine years old I had a, my father had a garden tractor which i still have today in my uh in my shop it was my nice. first tractor and i did driveways and i just you know it was that passion of of getting out there love the cold love snow and again the thrill of how to get this all done in such a short amount of time uh i think that's that's what it is it's I do say if I had to do snow, the snow business all year long, I probably would not do it because it is so sure. intense 
Yeah. It's such an intense business. And I always break it down to, you know, I mentally talk myself off the ledge in the middle of a snowstorm <laughs> saying, Chris, it's 15 times a year. <laughs> right. you, can you can handle it. You'll get yep. through it. And, but at the end of the day, without the support of my amazing wife, Dawn, that I, I couldn't do it. She's just in the rock that just gets me through yeah. those moments. Yeah, that's awesome. How would you describe the snow industry today? And do you see any trends kind of on the horizon that we should be mindful of? So snow industry of today, I would say it's in flex. Like we're, 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 it's, it's morphing into something different in my mind. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, I think, unfortunately, some of the smaller guys are getting pushed out because of insurance. Mm. Yep. Um, they're, they're getting pushed out to not be able to do work on their own. So they have to make a decision. First, are they going to stay in snow? Second, if they do, they end up maybe possibly being a service provider for somebody so they don't have to carry insurance. Right. So it's, it's making the larger companies larger. And the smaller guys are becoming different in what they're doing. So that's one aspect. I think the whole industry as a whole is getting way more sophisticated. The equipment's getting more sophisticated. The technology is more sophisticated. And just your ability of how, you know, you do a property, what took maybe 15 pieces of equipment, now you can do in seven. So it's just a different industry different technology in, 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 in ice melt and liquids. So as an industry, it's in, you know, it's morphing into something way more sophisticated. Um, and people need to really jump on and understand what it's, what's happening and not just stand by the side, because I think if you just stay by the side, you're going to get pushed out of it eventually. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I see that too. I see the separation between the the companies that are either snow only, all in with snow or, or snow focused, where they've made those big investments. They've really spent the last 10 or 15 or 20 years investing in their snow businesses. And they're so far ahead of everyone else in terms of knowledge, technology, systems. And, um, you know, for someone who is new in the industry, you know, they can certainly go down that road. Uh, they could also be more of a, like you say, a, a smaller service provider and not make those investments. But there's definitely that big separation between, wow, these companies are just way far ahead of everyone else. And then and then kind of a, the rest of the industry. Yep. I see that happening too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking in the future, what where, where do you, where do you see your company going? Not to not to ask you about anything confidential in terms of your strategy or anything, but um, <laughs> you see anything exciting happening with your business, or do you just see organic growth, or what, what do you see the future look like for you, or um, maybe you just don't know? Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I, I see it as just continuing down that technology automation. I mean, I, I, we have you, I think we have accomplished a lot in automation and technology and I have future plans that literally blow my mind on, Hey, can I achieve this? I think we can. And once we do achieve it, that's really cool. And we're going to be able to keep just leveraging the automation end of the business that everything is just done with very minimal people. So having that, that ability is going to be able to keep letting us organically grow, but uh, not essentially have to, not exactly going to have to really grow our team. We're going to be able to hmm. do everything, be more efficient and do more with less. I think that's always been the, the goal is how to do more with less. I look back on it and say, well, again, okay, I'm shy. That's why I do automation. I do this and that. I, I'm good at that, but I'm not always the best manager of people internally in like a mid-manager position. So 
maybe I'm a control freak. I just want to control everything. And, 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 you know, Hey, it's worked for us. It's our style. It's who we are. Um, but I think it's given us, given us a unique advantage in certain ways of, of being able to scale on uh, a natural way without always just having to increase our workforce. Yeah. And I, I think all the industries are heading that way without, you know, certainly more automation, more autonomous, um, operated vehicles, um, all that kind of stuff. The AI stuff is going to be, I think, mind blowing in the next 10 years or more. Um, so it'll be exciting to see where you go with your business and, and you're always an innovator and a leader. And I know you give back to the industry and you give back so much to individuals and, and that's why, honestly, that, you know, that person that said, hey, if it was me, I would just call Chris Marino. Like, what a great, what a great line. That was just so cool. That put yeah. a huge smile on my face. No, thank so, you. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Chris, I just really appreciate your time. Just, just willing to share your story. I'm sure there's some younger folks in the industry, some up and comers who are just like hanging on every word. And, and this is really awesome stuff. So thank you so much. Hopefully we have some snow this winter. Yeah. Yeah, right, please. We all need to pray for that. Well, yes. again, Phil, thank you for the opportunity and have a good Thank you for listening. We welcome suggestions for future guests or topics. Feel free to email me directly at phil at growthebench.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go for it.